welcome back to a new box to box episode. I understand that we've kept a, a little drop going on considering all the matches that have happened. Um, Jesse, how have you been? Yeah, I've been I've been good. Uh, we've been busy, haven't we? Really, I will also say. We've been away for a bit, but there's been so much football. And I think the World Cup on top of it makes it feel like we've been away for a lot longer than we have. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it, it feels like long, but I feel like the Arsenal Man United, that was just last week, wasn't it? Like last weekend. Yeah. It feels like it feels like it was like two weeks ago at least. And then you went globe trotting, as you mm. like to. As I love to. Whereabouts were you, Alex? I was in Barcelona on Thursday at Camp Nou for the Barcelona Bayern Munich match in the Champions League. And then I went to Madrid for the weekend and went to Atletico Madrid, Barcelona. It's not a bad life. It's not a bad life. Next week, back to Madrid for Chelsea Madrid, then going to Paris for PSG Madrid. And then Lyon for Lyon Juventus. Plucking up those air miles. I hope you're planting some trees. I yeah, and I, I actually <laughs> felt I thought about that. So I just got back today from Madrid and I was very conscious of that on the plane. I was like, I need to do something about this real quick. <laughs> Not like me, just driving to King's Meadow and back there is I'm much more in, although to be to be normally I get Well the you drove exactly you drove yeah. instead of training. So it was the first time I did a little bit. It's the first time I'd ever driven, so. Not ever in my life, just to clarify. It was the first time I'd ever driven to the <laughs> First time I ever drove. I just, to King's Meadow. I've never been in a car before. I was like, I've got to go to King's Meadow. Doesn't even have a license. Yeah, exactly. No, that was less environmentally conscious of me. <laughs> okay, uh, back to the football. Shall we? So this is obviously... Not a very organized episode because we have a lot to catch up on and a lot of different competitions to catch up on, a lot of different countries, different leagues, different teams. So we're going to freestyle this a little bit in a way. But we'll start with what Jesse and I had last weekend, not this weekend, I just passed, the weekend before. Arsenal Man United on the Saturday, Chelsea Tottenham on the Sunday. From what I I mean, the Saturday was very disappointing. <laughs> But if you're an Arsenal it fan, was it was fine. disappointing. It was fun yes. for me. It was fun time. for you. It was, you know what? It was a good. It was a good match. Like for go. it to be at the Emirates, for it to be, it was very disappointing because it was at the Emirates and there was a lot of Arsenal fans that were expecting a win. But it did keep you on your feet, unlike the Chelsea Spurs match that got quite boring by like. Even I was bored. 60th minute. And I enjoyed Chelsea PSG, so you know it's bad if I'm <laughs> bored in a game. Yes. But what was your... So WSL is kind of... You can't say wide open because it's the middle of the season and nothing's secured anyway. But obviously Arsenal were almost expected to win that Man United match. Chelsea won. Now the title race is back to pretty much being even. How do you see both teams getting on after the winter break? Because obviously... Arsenal Chelsea January fifteenth after the winter break coming up. So leading up to that, what are you saying? Yeah, it's really interesting. I definitely think the Man United win is a great thing for the WSL. I'm happy for United as well. Like I blah, like that. Blah, blah blah blah. I like that team. <laughs> There's some nice girls on that team, and I think it's yeah good for the league if 
those players can kind of kind of make an impact like they obviously did. I think is a result that from an Arsenal perspective has been coming for a while, to be honest. It was cool to see United come back, but it didn't necessarily surprise me. I think in that game, they were the better team for at least the first half. And in the second half, I would say it was maybe even. I think if you're going to be totally fair, a draw would have been a fair result. But for United to win, like it didn't really surprise me. It was the players that did it too with Alessio Russo kind of coming in clutch. I mean, that's what she does. and Exactly. That's what United have been able to kind of buy and develop. And, you know, I wrote about this uh, in the week that my worry for United is that they're not doing enough to to do well with the kind of jewels that have landed in their lap in some ways. Like, obviously, they went and got Alessia from, you know, finishing college and stuff. But she's like also a childhood United fan so there's reason she'd want to be there and it feels like obviously they might not be doing enough things to keep her there which they should do and last episode we were talking about how Ella Toon and Alessia Russo were kind of questionable whether they're going to stay at United or not and since then Ella Toon has extended her contract at United so that's that's an interesting conversation because that's I'm sure Elton would have had other offers outside of United, considering the form that she's in. So does that say more about Elton's comfort being at United or actually what United have offered her? Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think obviously she is really, really the face. You know, like she is like Manchester through and through. Not that Alessia is not a United fan, but she's... Elton has gone more it's different than <laughs> Alessia Russo as well, though. Yeah, Ella Toon's out there doing Christmas lights, you know? Yeah. That's a big deal. That's a big, for, In British culture, for anyone who does I don't know if this is big in other cultures, but in British culture, that's a big deal. You get the Christmas light call-up. Yeah, and I think they're the kind of players who you could give money to for the next decade, right? And just build your team around, yeah. whether United will. Like, that's a different question. Um, But anyway, like, back to Arsenal. I think it'll be really interesting just because they've obviously got Everton this weekend. And I'm really fascinated by that game because I think Everton have looked like they're gradually improving and, you know, they lost to United. Then they've got this, that draw with Juve in the Champions League. And you're like, oof, Beth Mead's done her ACL since we spoke, obviously. And we've like banged on about feeling like their squad like didn't Mm -hmm. have much depth. And that's kind of coming to show, especially in that wing area. Like we said, there was no cover for Beth. And it's it's everything, it's the domino effect of because Steph Catley is now having to cover that center back position, you can't move Katie McCabe to the wing because then she has to cover Steph Catley in the left back position. So you're stuck with stuck with is a bad term because now you're stuck with Vivian Miedema as number nine. It's disgusting. It's I mean it's horrible. I mean, how can you a tiny violin? A tiny... And if we're all being very sincere, I think we're all quite happy to see Viv back in the nine rather than ten. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's just what worries me for Arsenal, though, is that you're stretching these players, all these players, more and more. Because the solution isn't like that you have other options. It's that just that players who maybe were playing 60 minutes now have to play like 90 or, yeah. you know, vice versa. Even then, it seems bizarre to me, like, that Mano Obuchi doesn't get used. Like, it yeah. just, at this point, I just don't understand. Like, leave tactics aside. It's just a body. Like, she is a good footballer. Like, just yeah. play her. Yeah. And she's played on the wing, too, before. So, like, it's not like it's a... Dis- was it when... 
if I remember correctly, Manu Ibuchi on the wing and Jordan Robbs in the midfield worked really, really well last season. I think at one point it was Beth on the right, Manu on the left, Jordan in the middle, and Jordan and Manu would kind of do that role of switching back and forth from the wing to the midfield. Well, they and played a version of that, that against Zurich as well, right? Well, they played, I think Jordan and Manu were both in midfield. But the, the yeah. But I think I remember briefly last last season and the season before that, it was Mana on the wing, Jordan in the middle, and they would kind of use that role to kind of switch up. And it worked quite decently because, again, and you have you leave Kate McGabe space on that wing for her to go up when Mana cuts inside. Um, but that could potentially be a solution. But obviously you have, I think Caitlin Ford is going to be quite steady on now as a winger. Um, probably Stina as a winger, most likely. I mean, you don't really have any options, do you? No, I, um, it's it's bizarre. What did you make of the? Did you get a chance to watch the Juventus game or like any of it? What did you make of it? No, I didn't. Um, it, it was a weird game. I mean, Arsenal so... should have won, in my opinion. Like first half, they had the chances, but I think this is like another kind of strange thing with both Stephen Blackstenius and Caitlin Ford. Like Arsenal just don't have goal scorers in this no. team. What they do is Viviana Minamovina and she scored the goal, right? She scored the equaliser. Yeah. And you may weren't good, like, but you know, I I said in the summer that a player like Berenstein was someone who I thought could have a really big impact at Arsenal. Obviously, she went to Juventus, she scored the goal, but it, it was a great example, I just thought, of like how having that one individual can mm. really help you. And Caitlin Ford had a similar opportunity right at the end, and she just totally fucked it. And I really mm. like Caitlin Ford. I think she's having an amazing season, but She's not the kind of player, and I think this is Arsenal's problem. They've got a lot of these players now who you can just rely on to like banging goals. Mm. I don't think Steena's that kind of player either, and that's really problematic because she's your nine. She's not been as consistent as probably most people expected her to be at this point. And you, when you think back in the WSL, you look at Chelsea, City, United. They've all got really, you know, standout kind of consistent goal scorers who maybe when they're not playing. As well, you think they're going to come clutch. I mean, obviously Sam Kerr's not having an amazing season by her standards, but you'd still kind of back her to come through. Bunny Shaw's yeah. obviously like absolutely. She's tearing it up right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is like, what we all Which knew we thought, that she could do. Yeah, exactly. Except for Gary Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> and then Alessia, she's not like scoring loads, but she's obviously been out with injury. But again, I think that's someone who, in the big moments, you really back her to score goals. And I think Arsenal. Yeah, I mean it's it's the vib it's the vib problem. Like yeah. that's what it is still. Yeah. And going on Chelsea Champions League against Madrid, a two 0 win. So it was Sophie Ingle, wasn't it? That scored the header. Sophie Ingle header and Aaron Cuthbert cropped. That yeah. went in quite nicely. Uh, but realistically, Chelsea were dominant for the entire match, and a two 0 win is quite a fair result for everything. Um, yeah, it was Madrid a totally deserved win. Yeah, Madrid just haven't really. They were all since honestly since that classical match, Madrid have just gone downhill for the for that sense. But I, I think they, it was there even before the classical, right? It was. I mean, they they had a good one this weekend, a five and one over Alhama, which grand. But before that, they scraped a one 0 win against Sporting Huelva. It was a classical, and then they lost against Chelsea. And you just expected a lot more from them yeah. against Chelsea, who historically do suffer against Spanish sides because of the style of play. Well, but Real Madrid just don't... <laughs> the Real Madrid play, I feel like, more like a 
kind of shit housing English side really at they, this point. Yeah, I mean, it's all tackles and, and it's, like... it's all it's all dirty tackles basically. Yeah, um, which I think Chelsea can deal quite well with. Yeah, well, it's definitely you know more what they're they're used to, and it felt like. I'm kind of torn on this personally. Like, I think Real Madrid just set up to get the draw. Like, they wanted the nil nil, mm. which I think, yeah, they they did. Like, they didn't really feel like they were playing loosely of like attacking and wanting to score. And obviously, you know, the Athena injury, like clearly, I think she wasn't mm. able to going to be able to play, and that probably changes that. And you know, from a realistic sense. Chelsea are the strongest team in that group right now. You're going away to a ground where they famously don't lose very often. I can see why you play that, but I just think if I was a Real Madrid fan, I would also be disappointed. Like yeah. that's what I expect Blatznia to do. Mm. I was disappointed in the match. To be fair, I was I, I was just expecting much more of an even match because Chelsea were extremely dominant. It was a very one sided match. And... and if anything, Chelsea just fell to Real Madrid's level, which was kind of annoying because I was yeah. like, this team is here for the taking, but it felt like we got caught up in the way they wanted to play. Yeah. And with Caroline the thing is that I was so in the warm ups before the match, Caroline Weir and Naomi Feller, they were scoring banger after banger after banger after banger after banger in the warm up. Like it was top bins like I was like gasping for air because of how nice those shots were genuinely like through the laces top bins and I was like okay someone needs to score like some it's gonna happen like they may not win but someone will score a very nice goal and it just went to shit Aaron yeah. Cuthbert marked out Kazweer the entire match that was very easy and without Caroline Weir without creativity you felt like Real Madrid just didn't know what to do at all yeah, and what's crazy is, like, when you look at the pass maps, Real Madrid dropped so many players. And this is testament to Aaron Cuthbert as well, right? They dropped so many players into that midfield, but, like, Sophie Engel and Aaron Cuthbert, like, they came up clutch. Like, they yeah. were just like, mm, okay, fine. we'll Because they're two players who know how to, like, rough it up too, obviously. You know, Aaron will know Kaz really well from Scotland. And then the fact that they then came and scored the goals is just so funny Quite to funny. me. Real Madrid really struggled playing out the back too, which was really... um. I was going to yeah. say impressive, not impressive, but it was, like, surprising, almost. Not, They're not great at playing out the back to begin with. We saw that against Barcelona, especially, that Barcelona did the same high press, and I'm assuming Chelsea would have seen that match and been like, right, we could do this. We like <laughs> we a high press. Just, yeah, exactly. So you have the players to do exactly the same. But it was quite frustrating as a neutral wanting to see a good match that Real Madrid were just incapable of doing simple things. To actually yeah. get the attack flowing and everything. But moving on to staying in the Spain verse in the Champions League. The Spain Barca, verse. In the Spain verse. I love that. <laughs> Barca, Bayern Munich. Barca won 3 0 at Camp Nou. 46,000 people. Not 91, but 46 is still quite good considering a whole stand. A record course. for the group stages. Yeah, they're pulling records out of everyone, out of everything now. No, um, forty six thousand people. It was still a good atmosphere. Um, good match. A lot of good players. I have to say that I really love Jose, and Ana Maria Chernovich is on fire right now. Okay, this is interesting. What? How is AMC playing differently? Because I feel like at the start of the season, I was finding that vibe kind of disappointing. She's not playing. Mm. I think she's being a lot more efficient now than she has been before. Mm. In the sense that she's literally scoring a lot more. 
Do you think that's because she's now because she knows CGH is out? Like she knows that responsibility is on her. I would say potentially because before she would just be a kind of a she would just be a sub in the late minutes, and it would obviously take a bit to kind of get into the game. Whereas now, when she's starting, and she knows she's going to be starting, for example, I think she's able to get into it a lot more. But she finds herself in amazing positions. She scored the first one against um, Atletico Madrid yesterday, assisted one. I'm getting my matches confused. Which was she assisted Jayza in the Champions League with a header back into the box and Jayza headed it in yes. near post. Some hilarious marking, but yeah. Yes, yes. But she's finding herself in great positions that she's always found herself in, but I just think now she's being a lot more efficient than what she used to be. And I think she also seems to be enjoying being in the team a lot right now mm. and she's and what I like about AMC is that she's a team player and she's she's such a genuine team player too like yesterday I did that interview with her post-match I asked her what do you like it was a great goal you're scoring a lot of goals what did what did it feel like and the only thing she said was like yeah it felt great but like 90% of the job was Padre's fast to me and I just had to finish it so she's that player that always goes like that and she's just genuinely enjoying like her football which again, we've talked about it a lot about when players enjoy the football, it just takes them to the next level. Mm-hmm. But I think it's more about the efficiency and the consistency that you were seeing in AMC because obviously the Glassico goal, since then, she's just been consistently assisting and scoring, which is, I mean, all you need to do as a player, basically. It's not hard to do necessarily as a Barcelona no. player, but yeah, no, yeah. It, it definitely but it's, makes it's, it's on a level that we haven't seen her that much before because of that consistency that she's just never been able to kind of get into that rhythm that you've probably seen a lot more now. But Jay Z, I have to say, I I every time she gets the ball, it's just so fun to watch. She's a fantastic player. And I think if she can get the consistency in her finishing down mm-hmm. and her decision making, she will be a very, very good player. Yeah. I think the opportunity for her to go at Barca is is a lot. Cause you you didn't expect a lot of her. It's kind of that thing of like a new young player signs from a okay team. You never You're, know how exactly. they're gonna. Yeah. yeah. So you always give them that space of adaptation, of like forgiveness. Let's say that if they don't start well, it's okay. But she's kind of adapted to the Barcelona style play like very fastly. But and to keep Oshwala like out of that oh. starting eleven says a lot. Yeah. Because I amazing. thought now Jenny was gone, I was like, this will be. Mm. Osho's time. But I think so I had this conversation with I forgot about this conversation with Oshuala is a number nine. She's a number nine. Mm. And she likes to make those run-ins behind because she quite literally can't outrun <laughs> most people. Um, but her style of play works better when Alexia Botellas is playing. Right. Whereas Jay-Z is more of a playmaker. So if you have someone like Claudia Pina that's playing in the middle, Aitana, Padre, Kira, you know, even Kira is not going to make those same runs that Alexia does into the box and everything. So with Jay-Z being more of ball at the feet, take on a 1v1, maybe assist, I think Jay-Z's style play might suit the Barca team now better than Oshuala. Well, I think especially when you're in this situation where actually it feels like the midfield's kind of set, right? You've kind of got this Kira Patriotana thing. But the fact is you're playing either a Mariona or a Claudia Pina most of the time on the left. 
they're both players who like to cut in and JC will come out to the left. And also then she's kind of got that overlap with Frido and it basically allows this very fluid triad. And I feel like Barcelona, it's like the classic, right? They always play in these kind of triangles. And it's the way those kind of three players rotate that just makes them so difficult to to deal with. But then, you know, also then they can just do like what Claudia Pina does and bang it in from wherever. From wherever she wants, basically. Yeah. I mean, she's unreal. It's, well, what you said in your newsletter, if, do you want to promote, go on, promote Hong your newsletter. Hong. Flying Hong. Geese. <laughs> <laughs> you can subscribe to Flying Geese if you're not already. Flyinggeese.substack.com. Yes. It's free. It's free. What we and then we were talking about before recording about how Barcelona are still just a bit ahead of everything else, despite not being at their best to begin with, basically, and without Alexa Podellas, of course. Yeah, I I think it's fairly clear so far in the Champions League that Barcelona are, and just generally like across league performance as well, they definitely look like the best team, but I also don't think we've seen them play their best football. I'm intrigued to see how close they can get to what I think their best football is without Alexia. I still don't know. Like, I love all three of Kira, Patri and Aitana. Like, I literally, like, worship at their feet. I still don't know if I love it as a midfield, personally. I still, I think if it was up to me, somehow, I, (laughs) I still think, I mean, I don't know how this works with the Kira signing, but I still think I'd have gone with Patri, Aitana and then Pina. I mean, who knows maybe how injuries will play out the season, but Jonathan seems fairly stuck on Patry as the kind yeah. of eight. And for me, it's not as good. But um, yeah. We'll I, am, I am intrigued also because now Ingrid Engen has slotted into the starting lineup quite well as well. I mean, obviously. Uh, Centre back now. <laughs> yeah, yesterday against Atleti, um, Irene Paredes had to come out of the of the squads and Ingrid Engen played as centre back, which was quite intriguing considering that you have Marta Tarcon on the bench. I thought you were gonna say it's that. quite intriguing because she has to play next to Mappy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you don't have to worry about the chemistry there. It's gonna be there to begin with. Um but obviously we've seen Ingrid Engen do this in Wolfsburg, just as Lena Oberdorf has done at Wolfsburg. Um so that was quite fun. But then obviously when um when was it Kira that came off? Kira came off and Ingrid went into the eleven. Laya Colina went into centre back. Um, so I'm just quite intrigued because Ingrid Egan has been getting a lot of minutes, and mm. I want to know what Jonathan thinks is a starting middle three because he's been rotating that quite a lot. It's got to be the Bayern starting three. Though, I would assume it? so. I think it has to be Kira, Patri, and Itana. But in which who would you would you put who would you put as pivot? Kira. Well, I would drop Kira in my version of events. In my version of events, Barcelona should never have signed her. But like, you know. What are you saying? No, like she's fantastic. I just I just I don't mean, get it. It was it was a it was more of an emergency signing. It's like an emergency slash luxury signing, yeah. And I just think like for me, Patri is the best in the in the world at that position. Like I and Kira's like a close second. Yeah. In, in a creative version of that position, like Lena Oberdorf sits somewhere separately for me on that. 
but I still would always like if you had to ask me who do you want to play at the base of your midfield, Patri or Kira, I would pick Patri every time. Oh, Pat! I mean, I think Patri is always going to be. I feel like Patri Patri should be everyone's number one pivot. Yeah. Period. I feel like what I just don't understand is maybe what's missing for Pina to become that starting Mm. player in as a 10, because I think that's where she's at her best. And I think it's fine to say maybe she's not there yet, and I kind of understand that, but I'm intrigued to know what more she has to do. For Pina, Mm. I do think that number 10 role is her best, but I just I just don't know if I she would be in my starting three eleven like starting three eleven yes that makes a lot of sense yeah um, we know what you mean starting, we know, I guess. yes yes no yes. I don't and that's fair like I do understand I just feel like and maybe this is what's interesting to me is because I feel like Barca are playing the safe approach yes. I think that three yes. in midfield is the safe approach yes and I wonder if you went Patri Aitana. Pina, that would actually be the the fun, Ooh. more yeah, yeah. Fuego think, approach. I'm gonna call. I it. could, I could agree with that. I could agree with that. I, but it's a hard one, isn't it? Like you, you can't really know. And I think it also depends who's playing on the wings. Yeah, because then Pina would. I don't know what Pina would prefer to play with. With like a striker like Jazer or maybe a winger. I mean, obviously, Pina and Mariona work quite well. Mm. Um, but then Rolfo is a bit, she overlaps. And I don't know. It's just, it's just, there's it's, a lot of options. And look, Jonathan's shown that, like, especially this season, I feel like he's going to rotate even more than he did last year. Mm. And there are the players there to do that. So I think we're going to see a lot of variations of things. And as players come back, like, obviously, it'll be interesting to see. Um, how things fit in. Um, but just quickly, uh, tell me about my gal, Franzi Kett, in real life. How was she? Very nice. I heard positive things. Yes, I I do agree. It was... <sighs> Byron were interesting. Mm. Elaborate. I, I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't really come to the conclusion yet, because obviously I, I saw it like seeing everything from so close up, I can't really have an in-depth... It's a weird view, yeah. Yeah, but... I just... I thought the only thing that they did was just counter-attack. When Clara Bull got on the bond, she would kind of counter. That was kind of the only dangerous time that you would see Bayern Munich go forward. Um, mm. The midfield, really quiet. Bayern Munich also struggled to play at the back um, more than usual, I think, just in general. I don't know, it was... I was very disappointed by Bayern Munich, if I'm being honest. I just think not having those fullbacks is such a killer. And yeah. it would, I think, yeah, Hannah Glass and Julian Gwynn are just a very big, big loss for Bayern. I want to move on my analysis of Bayern beyond that, but it's like, it's the position I keep coming back to every time of like, with Hannah Glass and Julia Gwynn in it, this is a different mm-hmm. team right now. Yeah. It was just what they provide both defensively and more attackingly because they gave. They would be the ones to carry the ball forward rather than relying on your wingers or your midfield to do that. Yeah. Um, but going on to another German team, Wolfsburg drew one one with Roma. Yeah, spicy. None of us expected that, did we? No, I didn't think so. Like that was a group that I was like, okay, cut and dry. Wolfsburg first. I think we were kind of like Roma probably second, but like could be mm. a bit of a toss up. And now it feels like, wow, it could all come down to that game, like at Wolfsburg, who goes in 
top and who goes in second. And it's going to be really interesting because if, say, teams like Wolfsburg, teams like Lyon are coming in second, it just totally throws up those quarterfinals immediately because you don't really get a benefit from finishing first, especially because there's going to be such a big gap, right, between the end and then the quarterfinals. So... Yeah, for context, everyone, right now, Wolfsburg and and Roma are tied on points in the group. So it, it's going to be spicy because obviously Arsenal, Juventus, Leon, first, second. I don't know. Barca, I don't know even, what's happening in that group. You know, even Barca Bayern, if Bayern get that result. No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> that's not going to happen. I think Barca will finish first. I think... Chelsea will finish first, touching wood. I, you know, I, I have to agree with that. Just because of the form, just how it's gone already. If we Chelsea beat Real Madrid next week or whatever. There's no home advantage in Madrid anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, um, we'll be through at the very least. So I think those two are like done. Bayern, I think, will come obviously come second in that Barcelona group. It's a toss up to me. I think that PSG Real Madrid will just be about that game. Yeah. Which will be really fun as yes. a result because yes. I think it will be a winner takes all kind of thing. Yeah, but yeah, I I think Wolfsburg are fine for what it's worth. I think if um Lena Oberdorf was playing, they like don't concede the goal or the chances to Roma. Yeah, but that's what happens when you rely quite extensively on one player. Yes. Not like entirely, but extensively, <laughs> which is understandable because she's very good. Before anyone cancels me, like why wouldn't you rely? Cancelled. I would rely. I would rely on Lena Oberdorf for things. I would rely life. on Lena Oberdorf for <laughs> yeah. my life. Um, I feel like if we were gonna get box to box merch, that's the T-shirt I want. <laughs> I rely on Lena Oberdorf, <laughs> and she would love it probably. Yeah, almost. Certainly. And lastly, obviously, Group C in the Champions League: Arsenal, Juventus, Leon. Leon have had a very shaking season. Again, in the league. I was really disappointed to see that Leon won in the league because Jesse texted oh. me. I was in the match and Jesse texted me, Leon are losing. Leon are losing. I jinxed and, it. Yeah, you did. So that's all your fault. And um, do you want to give us a, a go through as, as to how that match went down? Yeah, so Leon were playing Paris FC, who are like... Quite good. Decent, they're, yeah. They're third, fourth in the league, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, they finished third last year um, and they're kind of like... The exciting the new man united of uh yes so right now your... they're in third place um quick math five points behind psg and seven points yeah seven points behind leon um so sitting quite nicely in third place right now and do one out of Gilma. yeah so basically paris fc like ended up two one up and then leon are just relying on wendy renard she scored their first and their second and then it was the most frustrating goal in the world where basically the ball came back to the Paris FC defender and then they were trying to pass it back to the goalie and it just went horribly, horribly wrong. And yeah, Leon were just like able to nip in at score. And it was really annoying because they just didn't really deserve it. And honestly, that club is just still a bit of a mess right now. Um, they obviously beat Zurich fairly comfortably. And I do think, well, I keep thinking they're going to like come back, but it doesn't seem like it. Like they're struggling in the league, they're struggling in the it, Champions They're consistently league. shit, basically. Yeah. Obviously, Marajan's had this incredibly speedy return from the ACL, which feels weird, concerning to me personally. But yeah. 
you know, good for her. Hope, I like. I hope it all works out okay. Obviously, so I guess that'll be a boost. Although I'm kind of skeptical about how much impact Jennifer Marajan can have at this point in her career. I feel like I don't see how this changes for Leon anytime soon. Like, uh, Amandine Henri is now out for Lucia Summer, uh, according to L'Equipe. So, like, I don't, I don't know how efficiently Plusia uh, translates into English, but I guess, what, two or three, three or four weeks, maybe. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see whether she makes it to the Emirates, because I think that can make a big difference. Yeah. That group is a really, really it's strange open. one. I feel like all of them need to go out. <laughs> I am really intrigued. Arsenal for... have done well to get their points on the board. That's what I will yes. say there. Yes, are lucky. To get points on the board. Well, the, the Leon win was the, like, the Leon win was good. So they deserved that, that. It was quite big. Yeah, yeah. They for work. They were like, "Do you want to go to Leon Juve?" And usually, I would say no because I hate going to Leon. And but I think that game's going to be very good. How can you hate going to Leon now? You know that you get free French wine in the car park after the match. That's also true. But I will be <laughs> alone, so I don't know if I'll go. <laughs> I'm sure they'll uh, welcome you. <laughs> Yes, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I think I think we covered everything. Yeah, I think we've Mostly wrapped up stuff. Obviously, more Champions League next week. Chelsea Madrid will try to come back uh, a bit sooner than than last time, but a lot to cover. Uh, WSL this weekend, Champions League next weekend. It's gonna be exciting. This Champions League. Yeah, this I'm really looking this run in up to Christmas and the fact that right we made it all the way to Christmas. Yeah, it's just it's this month, like this December fixtures are going to be so good. I'm really happy that like the groups that we thought were like groups of death and in inverted commas mm-hmm. like have genuinely Lived been exciting. Yeah, yeah. Even though like say I know like Chelsea haven't lost. Uh, I know Chelsea haven't lost or conceded a goal. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, the fact that it's still, like, all open between PSG and Madrid and then, yeah, Arsenal, Leon, Juve, I could see any two of those three mm. going through. Roman Wolfsburg as well. Like, there's a lot of good It's stuff. quite intriguing, definitely. Um, but, yeah, we'll leave it there and we'll come back after next week, after Chelsea, Madrid is the big one. Arsenal, Juve as well at the Emirates Stadium which Jesse oh will be going to. Yes. Yeah, that's next week. That's next week. Oh, next week. I mean, I'm like watching the World Cup every day and then I'm like, oh my gosh, like there's all this other football that I need to yeah. stay on top of. And you need um, to go too. Yeah, exactly. So yes, yes, I will be at Arsenal Juve. That's yeah. correct. I'm not yes. going to Madrid, to Chelsea Madrid. I'll be watching that from my sofa. Oh, well then. But, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll record after next week. Uh, but that's it for this week. And we hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening.